Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here to talk about the Big Ten here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, uh, founder and director of scouting at NET Scouting. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Marino, my assistant director of scouting. We are both of FanRag Sports, NFL Draft, college football, NFL analysts. We uh, we like to wear a lot of hats here on the show. And uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing in the build-up to the beginning of college football season, now that it is officially August, is work through each of the notable conferences in college football and just kind of take an overarching look and look at the players and the teams and uh, uh, give you guys as the listeners an idea of what we understand about each of the programs and the draft talents that are available and, and eligible for the draft and, and players that we're looking for uh, and some of the specifics on some of those players. Uh, on Monday's show, we did the ACC, which may be the best con- uh, conference in the country. Uh, now we're covering the Big Ten, which uh, could have had a legitimate argument for two playoff teams last year in Ohio State and Penn State. So, Joe, happy hump day. Are you ready to talk about some hashtag uh, gritty football here in the Big Ten, <laughs> yeah. which is what they're known for? Always ton of grit in the in the Big Ten. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get into this. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of good NFL talent here as usual. And um, – uh, it's it's interesting how it's spread out this year. It's uh, it's lacking in some areas, but deep in others. And um, you know, like like all things this time of year, we're waiting for those 
guys that we're not super familiar with right now to emerge. And there will be a lot of them. So I'm sure the Big Ten will be a good opportunity to find some of those players. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it certainly helps to have Ohio State and Michigan yep. Yep. <laughs> as two of the teams if you're looking for uh, NFL talent. Um, Joe, I think one of the things that stands out to me, uh, kind of looking at this conference and some of the draft prospects that we, we know are on the table, uh, there's a couple of nice running backs, a couple of nice tight ends, but uh, a couple of really nice offensive linemen in this conference with uh, one of your guys, Billy Price and Mason Cole, speaking of Ohio state, Michigan, um, those two guys uh, throughout the course of what we've done over the course of the summer uh, with our assessments for NET scouting for, for our premium members um, have gotten a lot of really nice reviews. Um, These are potential, I don't want to say day one, Joe. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, for me, they're they're quality day two options along the offensive line. Yeah, well, I, I really like Price, as you know, um, and uh, you know, I think that he's one of those guys that just has a ton of ton of power, um, and I, and I like that a lot. You don't see him losing ground; you see him, you know, creating that movement, and uh, I think he's a very high quality interior offensive line option. He's moving to center this year. It's like, it's like Pat Elfline reincarnate with the, the situation, a, a highly decorated player uh, and, you know, played guard now capping off their career at center. And that's good. Cause that provides that versatility and shows that he can do that. So, um, you know, he's a player that I'm, I'm quite enamored with at this point. I still haven't seen your guy, Quentin Nelson, uh, but uh, that's going to change real soon here. Yeah, we uh, speaking of Quentin, Quentin Nelson and uh, even Mike McGlinchey over at Notre Dame, Joe, we have to find a, a show to stash those guys in on because yeah, uh, Notre Dame's stubborn and refuses to join a conference. Yeah, so. we might have to group them with the uh, the non-Power 5 show, you know, just the, the – the, the, Got to uh, throw them in. Yeah, just toss them in somewhere. Yeah. All these other conferences are so loaded. Maybe when we get to the Big 12, there, there might be <laughs> might be some openings. I don't know. But, oh, uh... no. <laughs> you mean we're not going to have a lot of Big 12 defensive Man, prospects I, yeah, to talk no, about I don't, I don't again? think we will. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's a bit of a barren wasteland there in the uh, the heart of America. Yes. Um, they like their spread offenses and, and not a lot of defense. So with the exception of West Virginia, to be fair, those guys play some pretty uh, yes. pretty tough D. Whenever I watch um, uh, Big Twelve offensive tape, I always go straight to the to the West Virginia West Virginia game, so I know there's some competent uh, scheme and, and players. So uh, you probably do the same thing. Hey, you you leave Cliff Kingsbury and Texas Tech's defense out of this. Did you okay? See, did that... you see that question <laughs> that guy asked? There's there's three thousand college football players in the state of Texas. Why can't you recruit one or, or a handful of them that can hold opponents to less than thirty points per game? He asked it at the yeah. at the Big Twelve media yeah. day. I almost at Big, died. Big Twelve media days to Cliff Kingsbury oh, asked him why can't you recruit recruit a handful of guys that actually know how to play defense? <laughs> uh, gutty question. Interesting strategy. Um, that's why I'd have a hard time being a coach. You want to punch that guy put, right in the face, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, listen, buddy, um, <laughs> I can't even handle Twitter trolls. How the heck am I supposed to handle yeah. uh, a reporter questioning my, my competency at my job to that degree oh, in man. front of how many other people? 
You could tell the face in, the look in Kingsbury's face was just he wanted to rip that guy <laughs> off. But reeling things back into the Big Ten here, Kyle. The the position group that kind of jumps out to me, and I know that you started off by talking offense, but I got to look at these linebackers, and I'm excited about this group. Uh, the guy that I think is the cream of the crop, the cat's pajamas, if you will, Jerome Baker out of Ohio State. Uh, I've, I've spoken about him a few times on the show, but if you're looking for one of those rangy, fast guys that can play through contact, cover ground, pa- cover passes, uh, and, and just and just as a fluid athlete, man, I think that the people who like the Miles Jack and Hassan Reddick type players, this is going to be the next guy in that mold. I really like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, this Indiana linebacker to gray scales, uh, hearing a lot of positive buzz about him. His production is off the charts and he checks all the boxes in terms of size. I know that you were really excited about Jack Sitchie out of Wisconsin, uh, about what he could become this year coming off the injury last season. And so, you know, I think at, at the top of this linebacker group here in the big 10, you know, I think there's a lot of quality uh, to be had. Yeah, and then even you dig a little bit deeper and guys like Mike McCray from Michigan and Jason Cabinda from uh, Penn State, um, you can work your way across any number of death charts and, and you can find guys that are going to find a home at the NFL level. Uh, Josie Jewell from Iowa, uh, linebackers are here. You know, this isn't necessarily a surprise. This is uh, this is Big Ten country now. They like to play smash mouth brand of football here. So, um, definitely agree. Uh, I think that the top end guys like Jerome Brown, who I still haven't done a, a deep, deep dive into and Jack Sitchi, who I have done the deep dive into, uh, some people are starting to question the value of off ball linebackers. And to some degree, I can, I could see that argument, but you know, a, as somebody who, uh, has been a, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan and has had to live with the linebacking cores that Miami has trotted out over the course of the past couple seasons. Uh, Don't take good linebacking for granted. Uh, Guys that can tackle, but more importantly, guys that can process and process quickly and sniff out plays. Um, Those guys have a ton of value. Yes, they are somewhat dependent on the players in front of them, keeping them clean. But this is a team sport. (laughs) Players at any position group are going to be somewhat dependent on players at other position groups to help them do their job effectively. Uh, A guy like Jack Sitchi needs to clean up his his approach as a tackler a little bit, but the the between-the-ears stuff with him is what has me really excited about his potential. And I'm hoping that, uh, first of all, he stays healthy, is fully recovered from the horn pectoral he suffered against Iowa last year and played by the way the entire second half of the game with a torn pectoral um that tough the linebackers are tough they're mean and they can really set the tone for your defensive unit uh against the run and, and get people thinking twice turning up into to alleyways and uh, a lot of this game is mental and imposing your will on people and, and fast physical linebackers, uh, which we have a couple here in the big 10 this year um, can really help accomplish that. You see, Kyle, I, I, man, I will argue the value of linebackers 
all day long. I, I am very much pro linebackers, especially with the way the game's evolving and the spread offenses that we're seeing and the spacing and the demands on these linebackers to be able to process quickly, like you said, and then get there. You know, having that short area burst, having that fluidity and space to work out to the sideline, get out to the numbers and make plays. I mean, we're seeing so much quick passing and screens and stuff. You need guys that can sniff that stuff out and eliminate plays. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, look, I, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, and I've got friggin' Preston Brown and his 250-pound ass and, and Reggie Raglan. You know, everyone is – for some reason enamored with him as a downhill thumper. I just don't think he has a place in Sean McDermott's defense. And uh, and I'll be honest with you, he had his exciting big hits when he was clean to, uh, you know, to make him in college. But when that dude has a play through contact, he's not good. And so uh, not to go off on a tangent here on the, on the Bills linebackers, but, you know, I've seen the New England Patriots exploit these guys, uh, these, these lead-footed, downhill guys for years and you know with James White and uh whoever whoever they've had the revolving door of running backs they've had just on arrow routes and just challenging them in the flats and they can't cover so man I (laughs) you're gonna you want to find an advocate for for linebackers man I think that's you know I'll, I'll stand up for them all day long that's uh that's good because I know I'm gonna hurt you here right now because I want to talk about the running back crop in the Big Ten and I know you're not a running back advocate, um, but I think you'll find this discussion uh, engaging because uh, there's from top to bottom uh, running backs in the Big Ten this year that are draft eligible uh, that will appeal to people of all thought processes and schools of thought regarding running back valuation when it comes to the NFL draft. Um, so, so, Joe, I guess I'm going to set this segue up and my lead in with just a question for you a simple question uh your team needs a running back would you be the guy that drafts someone like saquon barkley in the top 15 yeah i mean i think there's 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 a lot that goes into that question because the the variables of the team you know i mean but you know i've i think i've warmed up a little bit to running backs and and what they can do for a team. And, and, uh, you know, I think it was, we had a lull there and, and I think it was more talent driven. You know, I just don't think the names were there. You know, we have Bishop Sankey as a top back drafted in in a class. I mean, that's just speaks to the, to the talent available. Um, you know, I do believe that you can get productive running backs throughout the draft, but you know, uh, man, I, I think when you have a guy that you can lean on to, to be that focal point of that ground game and, and be a three down player. You know, I think there's a lot of value to that. Yeah, see, this is great. This, this makes me feel a lot better about already, you know, steering this conversation. Cause I was anticipating you, uh, being your old Grinch self when it comes to running backs and saying, ah, I'll get the guy on day three. That's 90% of the, the guy that you're going to get in the first Yeah, That's round. still there. So. I'm still there. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, Thinking about, let's just make the practical application here. The Buffalo Bills, LaShawn McCoy, he's 28, 29 years old now. I think he's playing like a top five running back in the NFL. But if you told me right now that LaShawn McCoy was out for the year, I would say the Bills season's screwed. Yeah. And I'm already nervous because Jonathan Williams is the primary backup, and I liked his tape at Arkansas, but that dude was bad last year in the preseason, and he got some regular season carries, and he looked—he didn't look good and fumbled. And, you know, I think about – I think about, you know, okay, I've got LaShawn McCoy, and all of a sudden, you know, I have to, you know, concede carries to other players or he's injured. 
know, I think that offense takes a considerable, you know, dip. And, and so I, I think that, you know, I, Mike Gillisley is the backup or Carlos Williams, when he was good for that one season, you know, he felt like you're okay, but, um, you know, having the, 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 the joy of getting to watch LaShawn McCoy over the last couple of years and seeing the value and see what he's done for that football team. I mean, uh, it's, um, it really kind of, kind of influences where I am with, with these running backs. Sure. So let's talk about the big 10 running backs this year, just going through, uh, the two deeps for, uh, most of the big 10 schools here, you get uh, Mike Weber, redshirt sophomore, Ohio state, uh, Saquon Barkley, junior Penn state, um, Michigan and Wisconsin are, are guys that don't necessarily have backs, but Justin Jackson from Northwestern, uh, really underrated runner. Uh, he's, I believe, second in active rushing yards in the NCAA right now. Uh, he's got a ton of them, yeah. Yeah, he's he's at like, I, I believe he's over 3,500 career rushing yards. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, coming sure. into yeah. coming into his final season, I know he's gone over a thousand rushing yards every year with Northwestern. So really solid runner. Uh, Akram Wadley from Iowa is another one, and they actually just had another uh, running back transfer over that's going to also get carries there as well. Uh, Rodney Smith, a junior from Minnesota, is a guy that I had the chance to see them play Maryland last year, and, and Rodney Smith is a really really good football player. He's a guy that doesn't have anything specifically to hang his hat on, um, but he's a well-rounded runner. He runs hard. He's 5'11", 205. He's got good size for the position. Uh, Really like him as well. LJ Scott from Michigan Mm. State. Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, 5'10", 205, another junior from Maryland. Uh, Really quick guy. there are a lot of options here, a lot of backs and ball carriers that we need to be able uh, to keep an eye on because uh, running back is a position where if guy has a quality season and he's draft eligible, it's the one position you'll see guys be quick to pull the trigger and jump because they feel they need to make the most of the life that's on their legs because they only get so many chances at a big contract at the NFL, assuming they get that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I want to circle back to Justin Jackson here for a second. And uh, I believe you were at that pit game last year, the bowl game. Oh man. Yes. He was good. He was good in that game. If you want to see the best of Justin Jackson pop on that pinstripe bowl for last year between uh, Northwestern and Pitt. I mean, uh, you know, he's not going to, wow you with his explosive acceleration or his uh uh his power elements but that dude makes really good cuts and he knows how to function in space and set up tacklers and make really good timing uh good timed cuts and he sees the field really well has a good receiving element to his game uh you know i don't think he's a a feature back in the nfl but i'm a really nice complimentary piece uh really like his game and and you know it's interesting for as much as we do see these running backs declare uh, early and, and I, and I understand why they do. You've got a guy like Justin Jackson, who's been the three year focal point of that offense. I mean, just he's going to have over a thousand carries for his career. Same thing with Ralph Webb out of Vanderbilt, a couple of guys who are, are pretty good prospects that are, you know, coming back for that fourth year. And uh, uh, I guess trying to get that degree and become the best football player they can. But Justin Jackson is, is certainly, 
you know, he's not the Saquon Barkley or, or the LJ Scott type caliber player, but he's a good one. Yeah. So I, um, I, I sold him short. Uh, my producer Kyle yeah. uh, has has gone out and pulled up Justin Jackson's uh, career stats at Northwestern. Uh, this is a three year starter. Uh, his attempts per season are two forty five, three twelve, and two ninety eight. So he has eight hundred and fifty five total rushing attempts for four thousand one hundred and twenty nine rushing yards. That's 30 rushing touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, he is 17th all-time in the Big Ten with another season yet to play in yards from scrimmage with 4,711. Uh, 4, There's a realistic chance uh, that th- he ends up in the top five all-time in yards from scrimmage in the Big Ten history. There you go. Historically good college football player right there yeah he's 190 yeah, really. pounds right 5 11 uh yeah he's listed at uh 5 11 193 okay you've reached the high fashion hotline hi my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction rock over to old navy old navy yep right now get up to 50 percent off jeans from 15 bucks for adults 10 bucks for kids at old navy and old navy.com up to 50 percent off jeans for the family that's music to my ears plus now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online pick up in store it's fun fast and free styles that take center stage and free pickup in store when i buy online old navy here we come high fashion old navy about 720 to 729 select styles only so it's interesting i mean looking at some of the other names on this list um monte ball is a thousand yards ahead of him and he's fourth overall so i mean he he could really pass like Archie Griffin, who was third at Ohio State um, with 5,900. Uh, Amir Abdullah, Mike Hart from Michigan a couple years ago. A couple years ago. It's showing my age a little bit. That was 10 <laughs> years ago. Uh, uh, Amir Abdullah, Melvin Gordon. Um, some good football players on this list. And obviously it's, it's kind of compartmentalized and um, – you know, you you understand that a little bit, but uh, Justin Jackson, this is a hell of a productive football player. Yeah, you know, another guy, L.J. Scott. If uh, if you guys get a chance, head over to ndtscouting.com. Scott Bischoff, one of our national scouts, did a really nice profile on Scout on L.J. Scott. Uh, and if you want to get familiar with one of the uh, lesser known but quality traits uh, running backs here in the nation, check that piece out and get familiar with L.J. Scott. He's a good football player. Yeah, he's a physical runner. Um, I don't know why. I think it was two years ago. Um, I think it was his L- LJ's first year. Uh, I-, I assumed he was an upperclassman because of how <laughs> how good he how physical he was. Yeah, he- he's he's big. He I think he's like two thirty. Uh, yeah, six one two thirty one. But he doesn't run lumbering like James Conner. When James Conner ran. Um, not maybe not so much last year, but before he had to take the red shirt in 2015, like 2014, James Conner, uh, that guy was a bull, but you could tell that he was laboring a little bit in space. Um, I thought he looked a little better, which is, is really admirable considering everything that he went through, um, coming back from that and, and looking a little more fleet of foot. Um, in 2016, but but Scott is like that. 
I think he he's pretty well rounded as a runner, uh, and he doesn't he runs hard and he runs physical, but he doesn't look like he's two thirty one when he's running. He he looks like he's you know two twenty, which is a good thing I think. Cal, I've got a factor fiction for you. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> this should open a, a nice discussion here. Fact or fiction? Ohio State quarterback J.T. Barrett is the best NFL draft prospect, draft eligible this year, quarterback prospect in the Big Ten. Oh. Um, the overarching theme here, folks, uh, being that this is a pretty barren crop of quarterbacks when we look at the at the 2018 group from the Big Ten. All right, so we've got J.T. Barrett, Trace McSorley, uh, Wilton Spate, Alex Hornibrook's not eligible. Um, Max Brown, I guess, out of uh, – oh, he's Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Nah, it's, he's ACC. Pitt. Um, we were talking about Pitt in the pre-show. and I, I, I Richard La- – I know Richard Lagow uh, from Indiana has a couple fans. Um, I, I – I'm going to have to say fiction uh, for the sole reason that I don't think JT is a very good quarterback prospect. Um, I admire JT's college career. Uh, He's done very well for himself, but uh, there's just too many missed throws, too many instances of just lazy or poor mechanics for no reason. Um, inexcusable throws to miss. So for that reason, uh, I'm going to say fiction. I just don't know who I'm, I'm assuming somebody's going to emerge. I can't say it's Wilton Spate. No. Uh, I can't say it's trace McSorley. Uh, trace is the na- uh, nation's leader in YOLO balls uh, from last year. Just throw it up. Let guys make a play. And um, no, that formula at the college level you know, as you saw last year with Penn State, uh, has the potential to work really well. They, I mean, they had Chris Godwin, they had Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Saeed Blacknall, uh, Mike Gusecki. All these guys are are six one or bigger. Gusecki six six, uh, Blacknall six three, Deshaun Hamilton six one. Big bodies. So throw it up. Let your guy make a play if they're athletic, which Penn State has. Uh, but that I don't think has a lot of translatable success. Um, so I'm, I'm rolling the dice here, Joe, and saying fiction. I just don't ask me who it's going to be, <laughs> but I thought that was a good way to kind of introduce this quarterback class here in the big 10. And, and it's, it's, it does, it needs someone to, to break through here because right now, you know, JT Barrett is kind of the name. Uh, but, um, you know, it's not all that exciting. You mentioned Mike Gusecki, Kyle, and this tight end group here in the big 10, has a couple guys at the top here in Gasecki and Troy Fumagalli, who I just got done watching his tape actually before we watched we did this uh, podcast, and I and I think I think they're both pretty solid players. Fumagalli, um, you know, six six, and, and he's got some really nice flashes at the catch point where he, you know, he's physical, really establishes that body positioning, makes some nice catches uh, that are contested, holds on through big hits. Um, but he's got a lot of drops too. You know, 
know, you're like, you know, I know the guy's got nine fingers, so you, you feel bad holding it against him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he does. He does some of those drops. You're just like, man, that wasn't even like a difficult catch. Uh, so, you know, I want to see some more consistency with his hands. Uh, I like the way that he attacks coverage, the way that he runs his routes. I think he uh, he really does a good job of busting zone coverage and, and working the seam and uh, uh, finding space against zone. And, you know, I don't think he's – he doesn't have, like, elite movement skills, but he 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 works hard as a route runner to sell those breaks and, and, and find space. Um, I like his effort as a blocker, but I, I don't see him exchanging power with NFL defensive ends right now. So more play strength is needed there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's going into his next season. You know, there's a reason he wasn't in the draft last year. He has stuff to work on. Uh, I think he, he has stuff that he can improve on and really become, you know, maybe a, a middle round, third, third, fourth round draft choice. Mike Gusecki, uh, a player who's had, you know, he's he's big time winner at the catch point. I know that you have taken a deeper dive on him than I have. Uh, and then Marcus Ball is a player that, uh, you know, I, I want to hear you talk about because I know that you came away with some positive impressions of him out of Ohio State. Yeah, I have a real big bone to pick at this point with uh, Urban Meyer for how he uses, quote unquote, uses his tight ends uh, because he doesn't use his tight ends. Nope. Um, you know, Jeff Hireman from a couple years ago, I thought was a tremendous athlete, had great receiving upside, um, just was not used. Uh, now, and that's great because he got to really add polish to his skills as an inline blocker, and then he goes to Denver and gets hurt and hasn't really had a chance to showcase himself yet. Uh, and now Marcus Ball, who is a, a really surprisingly athletic guy after the catch. He um, he has some great balance and, and ability to absorb contact and sustain you know, his forward momentum. Uh, he's got nice soft hands. I'm glad you mentioned the drops with Fumagalli. It's something that I think kind of gets glossed over a little bit. And I don't know if it's because people just want to well, acknowledge that he has nine fingers or not, but uh, <laughs> it seems like he just takes the eye off the ball. Yeah. Like he's, he's eager to get his eyes up the field and look for how to optimize his run after catch opportunities. And that's where he has his drops. So it's frustrating. And Gusecki, um, I think Gusecki's the best of the bunch. I actually would have Ball over Fumagalli. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat with you where Fumagalli for me is uh, you know more of what you're getting as far as a, a one-to-one ratio of his film to what he'll be asked to do at the NFL level where Ball is um, – not utilized in the receiving game all that well. He spends a lot of time working out into the flats and uh, you know, kind of tr- tr- trying to work against uh, zone coverage, but not necessarily with consistency in the middle of the field. He's more of like a leak receiver uh, than a guy that, that actually grinds out in the middle of the field with consistency. So um, Gusecki, for me, I just think NFL teams uh, look at – what they want in the tight end position right now. And Gusecki has that profile. Big plays in the receiving game, vertical down the field, can win contested catch, can be a factor in the red zone. All of those things. Uh, no, you're not going to have him put his hand down in the dirt and, and uh, you know, have him be an inline blocker, but that's not where he wins. It's not what he does. So for that reason, if I'm willing to overlook the holes in his game and say, okay, where are the trends in the NFL right now? What are they looking for? And seeing 
Evan Ingram go in the first round and Gerald Everett go in the top 50 um, and, and see these guys that are willing to overlook David Njoku go in the first round. And he's not, they're not inline guys. Right. They're not guys that play with their hand in the ground. So I, I'm willing to take the upside of with Gusecki as a receiver and say, okay, barring injuries or anything that that's, this is just a colossal meltdown on the field this year, that's going to be out of the big 10 guys. And, and they're all pretty solid guys, guys that should be middle rounds at worst, like Gusecki, uh, I could see getting late first, early second buzz throughout the draft process. Fumagalli for me is like round three, round four. You're getting a pretty reasonable value for somebody like that. Um, and, and and I just think um, Ball is kind of a wild card out of this group where you know, maybe Urban decides to throw the ball to him. I don't know. But um, – <laughs> You go watch the Penn State game. If you want to see what Marcus Ball can do as a receiver and run after catch, uh, really athletic. I mean, he hurdles guys. He pinballs off of three defenders and continues forward progress up for a touchdown in the end zone. Um, that that was as good of a showcase as I saw for Marcus Ball. You know, it's interesting. I had uh, done a showcase in the last few weeks on Florida tight end DeAndre Goolsby, who is not an inline player. He's a move tight end through and through. And – you know, got some Twitter feedback from people saying, oh, it's, wait, do you see this guy block? Like, yeah, I watched the tape. I saw that he can't block. But just to kind of build off what you said there, Kyle, is that <laughs> the way that the NFL is trending, uh, you know, these, these play, that's something that teams are overlooking. And, you know, it's that receiving dimension that they're offering and uh, that, that's, that's providing value. And I, and I, it's it's not that we don't care that they can't block. It's just that, you know, not every player does everything, right? So you have to find out what right. they do, what they do best, and how that can help a team and value that. Um, you know, and, and another thing is is just like kind of what you said there with Troy Fumagalli. People are overlooking some of the drops. It's like, you know, don't just watch tape on a player and you know that Troy Fumagalli is supposed to be one of the best tight end prospects in the nation and put on the tape and, and find and, and try to justify that he is you know, watch the tape with an open mind. Know that the guy's name's Troy Fumagalli. That's all you need to know. Watch the tape and let him prove to you what he can and can't do. And, and you know, this create a prospect, you know, something that Emory hunt with football game plan talks about all the time is you don't need to create a prospect. They, the tape will reveal what they are. And so, uh, don't just assume because someone's regarded as a top guy or, or this, that, or the other. You know, the tape needs to prove to prove what they can and can't do. Yeah, and um, speaking of create a prospect, um, I, I have somebody's uh, college football national preview magazine here in front of me. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to put them on blast. But um, they are overviewing the top ten players with NFL talent in the Big Ten. And the number two player listed ahead of Gasecki, Mason Cole, Billy Price, uh, Sam Hubbard, uh, Fumagalli, Wadley, um, is Tyquan Lewis out of Ohio State. And I liked Tyquan Lewis. I thought he had solid film. But to assert that he's ahead of Mason Cole and Sam Hubbard and Mike Gusecki for me, uh, that's a bit rich. And I feel like Lewis, uh, this status for him as a upper-tier defensive lineman uh, 
comes a bit off the reputation of Ohio State. <laughs> and um, because Lewis is – he's a really nice option for like a run-setting defensive end in a four-man front. I, th- I think he can be very successful there. So I don't want it to sound like I don't like Tyquan Lewis. But if you're going to tell me that Tyquan Lewis is the second best draft eligible prospect, which by the way, Jerome Baker is not on this top 10 list. Sad. Joe. Sad. Um, <laughs> it, Tyquan Lewis is the second best draft eligible in the big 10. Um, I think that misses the mark. And, and Lewis, if you check his box score, yeah, he's got penetration plays. He's got sacks, but again, it's, it's the film the film. Don't lie. How did he get his sacks? And Lewis is a high motor guy. He gets some second effort stuff, but he cannot corner with consistency. And that lack of a trade is such a big deal breaker for so many people inside and outside of the NFL. So uh, I thought that would be a nice segue to kind of get us into the edge defenders, which I think is the last like really well-stocked uh, position group here in the Big Ten uh, to look at. Uh, specifically Ohio State. They've got like three of them by themselves. Um, but but it just really surprises me because Tyquan Lewis is somebody that, you know, I put I put a star next to his name last year and said, okay, I, I see this guy flashing. I need to, to pull him up and take a look and see like what he's all about. And then when I do that, I'm, I'm left with a little uh, bitter taste in my mouth because I was hoping for more based off the splashes that he has, but he's just not a player that I think you're going to have be a centerpiece of a defensive line. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. You know, kind of what you were saying there about Tyquan Lewis and him being a regarded prospect and the idea that it's because he has an Ohio State helmet on. You know, one thing that uh, I did a podcast with Matt Williamson, former NFL scout and uh, writer at FanRag Sports and host of the Lockdown NFL podcast. Uh, you know, he, we were talking about some players off air one time and I was not quite enamored with somebody. And he said, yeah, I feel like if that player wore a Kansas helmet instead of a a Michigan helmet, that nobody would even know who he is. And I think that is important that, uh, you know, we're, we're, you're scouting players, not helmets, not last names, not, you know, not whatever it's, it's the player in and of itself. Tyquan Lewis, one thing that, you know, I haven't taken a, a deep dive on his film yet, but one thing that in, in the times that I have kind of peeped him, I, I, he's slow off the ball. Like he doesn't get off yeah. the ball quick. And, and that's, that's got to change. No, I, I definitely agree with that. It was something that, um, you know, if you're going to be that slow off the ball, you damn well better have a really hot motor. Mm. Uh, to, to make some second second effort hustle plays. Um, and an interesting thing, uh, Joe, that we go through every year with our draft work uh, when we're creating our watch list is to choose um, 
underclassmen who have declared. And uh, we, we try to give those guys the benefit of the doubt a lot of times and say, okay, if they've declared, you know, they're worth us looking into. Um, but do you remember the defensive end for Penn State last year? Sickles. Garrett Sickles, yeah. who declared. And I think this is a good case study for a lot of prospects. Um, I'm sure Garrett had whatever personal reasons it was that he decided to declare for the NFL draft. But uh, he had about as bad of an offseason circuit (laughs) as you could have. He went undrafted and now looking up and down the big 10 here, you know, I had mentioned that there's some nice pass rushers here. They all play for Ohio state. Uh, Sam Hubbard is also draft eligible. Uh, Nick Bosa is not draft eligible, but he's here. Uh, Penn State has two brand new defensive ends that Sickles could have come back, uh, really capitalized on that strong game he had against Ohio State last year and built some momentum for himself. Uh, Wisconsin's trying to replace two pass rushers in Vince Beagle and TJ Watt. the Michigan defense, you know, the only returning starter is Mike McCray on the entire unit. So they're looking at some some new defensive ends. Rayshon Gary's well regarded, but he's not draft eligible there. Uh, you can just work your way through the entire Big Ten, and uh, there are a ton of new starters here. And uh, for a, a guy like Sickles, who I think you know, watching his film. Um, had some moderate traits. I didn't think he was ever going to be a, a blue chip prospect by any means, but um, it, it feels like a missed opportunity of uh, failing to see the forest before the trees and um, making that premature jump at the expense of, Oh, he really could have made headway as one of the better pass rushers in the big 10 this year. Kyle, how did our big 10 podcast turn into so much uh, do's and don't do with scouting and, and uh, other. We went on a lot of tangents here, but that's uh, it, it's interesting how this discussion around this group of prospects kind of led to so many different uh, side stories. It's uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it's um, you know I don't I don't know because the I guess these aren't necessarily. There's only a handful of quote unquote blue chip prospects at this point in the process, yeah. right? There's a lot of names that we know some things about. Yeah. Um, and, and even the, some of the better names that are out there, um, the, the offensive lineman, it's not sexy to talk about. You know, we try and make it sexy because, you know, we're, we're gluttons for the film like that. We'll, we'll sit down and, and rant and rave about uh, Dan Feeney's hand power and, and pop at the <laughs> point of attack and, and things like that. But um I think really, you know, you're you're really selling this Jerome Baker as a, a blue chip prospect, and then the only other lock for a top name is Saquon Barkley, who yeah. I feel like we hardly discussed on the show. On the show, um, so I, I think you know, we always talk about scouting having context and and seeing the bigger picture and understanding what it is that you're looking at. And I think maybe uh, the reason why there's so many side tangents in this group is because there's context required for this conversation for a lot of these prospects to help people understand um, 
know, why we have some apprehension where we do and, and, and wh- why we need to see things come from other players before we're ready to put them on the pedestal that some others of our colleagues are willing to put them on already. Kyle, I got a fact or fiction for you, part two here on this podcast. Okay. okay. Fact or fiction, Ohio State is the Big Ten champion for 2017. Uh, I'm going to say fiction. Whoa. Penn State? I'm going to go Penn State. Wow. I'm going to go Penn State. I'm going to go Penn State. So that would make uh, Ohio State even play in the Big Ten championship game in that scenario. So it's going to be Penn State, Wisconsin again. The the. Big Ten has to do some some <laughs> drastic realignment of the conference. This right? is bull. This is crazy. Uh, you look at the teams that are in, in the the one division. I believe it's the East Division for the Big Ten. Michigan, Michigan State, who is historically a good program, Ohio State, and Penn State are all in the same division of the Big Ten. The schools in the other half, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's every year, right? Wisconsin every year. That is ridiculous. And the thought process is what? We want to protect the rivalries? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure that – the conference schedule for every conference includes more than just the other five teams in your division in the Big Ten, no? Yeah, you got to play other division too, yeah. And that is going to do it for us today on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for giving us your ear for a a few minutes here to talk about the Big Ten prospects and other uh, scouting discussion that arose as part of this. Uh, if you are enjoying this and you are ready for the college football season like we are, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast and staying in tune with everything that we're doing uh, on the Draft Dudes podcast as well as NDTScouting.com. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you're following along. Uh, Kyle is on Twitter at NDTScouting. I am on Twitter at the Joe Marino. And NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, NDT Scouting LLC. So make sure that you are hitting those follow buttons and keeping in touch with what we're doing. We are pumping out content like crazy, and we'd love for you to be consuming that content, if you will. Uh, We'll be back again for you on Friday. We're going to go back to the film Friday, so we'll get back to our conference preview shows again next week on Monday and Wednesday, but we're going to get into some very specific film stuff on Friday, so make sure that you come back for that discussion Uh, Until then, I'm signing off for Kyle Krabs. This is Joe Marino, and thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.